Hello and welcome to episode three of I Wrote You a Pilot. I'm your host, AJ Schrader, and despite having written two pilots at this point, I still have had uh, zero offers of gainful employment as a world-famous television writer. However, I have heard that the third time is the charm, and if it's not, if it's not, if I, if I just, if I, I do this a third time and uh, nothing happens, I guess maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just practicing failing, right? But that's a that's a skill. That's a skill in its own right, too. So, huh. My um, guest today is Bob Bashir, a local sketch comedian with Mon Frere, as well as his solo show, PowerPoints. He performs uh, weekly with the Improv House team at the Idiot Box Comedy Club and is a co star of the role playing game live play podcast, Dump Stats. He also has a PhD in some kind of English Shakespeare thing. And I, I can't imagine that a man would go to school that long and not get offered a starring television role. So um, we'll go ahead and we'll talk about a few of his favorite shows and then jump into the pilot I wrote for this comedic scholar. It's a pilot, wrote you a pilot, a pilot I wrote for you. I'm not interested in talking to a 13-year-old ever, but I would be interested to like, you know, have a few inches of plated glass between me and some teenagers uh, and they were talking about the Simpsons now and it'd be interesting to see if oh, they yeah. like if they find things with it or if they're like this clearly jumped the shark 20 seasons ago. But Yeah, they probably uh, can relate to the things now more than because uh, all the writers have changed too. now. It's, you know. Oh, yeah. Guys younger than us writing it. Right. So, so at, the, at you know, when we were growing up, it was guys and girls who grew up on just all of pop culture. Right. right. And now it's men and women. They aged up from guys and girls to men and women. Uh-huh. Uh, now it's men and women. Real men. Real women. Yeah. yeah. Women. I don't know. Uh, but they uh, they grew up on The Simpsons. So now it's like The Simpsons is an Ouroboros. It's like eating itself. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. And anytime Ouroboros gets worked into general conversation. I was surprised that that word didn't get dropped in the Aldon episode. I'll be perfectly honest. I mean, I, oh, it's always on the tip of, I'm, I'm generally waiting for a chance to say it. Right. Uh, I, either one of you, Schrader boys, if you're in a, any sort of situation, the word Ouroboros is just always five seconds away. Right. I mean, because uh, our own pretension eats itself. But- <laughs> That leads me into the shows I actually want to talk about. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, which are Always Sunny in Philadelphia and uh, Frasier, yeah. or two other shows that you listed. Absolutely. Um, and Simpsons, a little bit in the same vein. I, I consider all of those to be shows where the protagonists aren't that likable. Yes, I, uh, I would absolutely agree. Like, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, especially kind of makes it a point that's like part of their formula right right as extreme they can as extreme as they can be with that that's a mission statement i mean and simpsons was that way a little bit originally yeah because like my parents hated it when it first came on my mom speaking of an ouroboros there we go twice that's two times nice say it a third time it shows up but um my mom um also found it distasteful and you know uh uh really rude and um but was the one who discovered it and told me and my brother about it she's like you know 
I don't like this show, but this might be a show you boys like, but I'm not going to like that you boys like this show. And so it was one of those moments where it was like... (laughs) Where it was an Orvorce. Yeah, right. Boom. (laughs) And then Frasier is so pretentious. Oh, Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But what differentiates like Frasier from... Goddamn delicious. Yeah. That pretense. (laughs) From Always Sunny uh, for me is that... You know, Frasier still tried to find redeeming qualities of the man. Like it still had the like the save the cat moment. Uh, mm-hmm. Gets talked a lot about in screenwriting, mm-hmm. where you know generally the audience has to like the main character. So early on, you have them do something like save a cat from a tree. Mm. Uh, Frasier has that by you know having his dad move in with him. Early right, on. right. There's like a pre-existing selfless act. Yes. That makes it like everything else these characters do is at least a little bit okay. Simpsons, you know, they were taking care of each other as a family. Right. Uh, Yeah, they were very loyal to each other. Yes. When the rest of the world seemed to crap on them. Yeah. Yeah. Always Sunny, however, is uh, (laughs) terrible people. That's why it's also one of my favorite shows. Um, And then for the role that you said you wish that you had been able to play, Bob. Yeah. uh, you wrote, you were, you wrote Corey from Boy Meets World. <laughs> all right, all right. Listen, Spe- like I uh-huh. don't want to talk to teenagers because I was one, <laughs> and the desires of teenagers are terrible. Uh, uh, I get them, but uh-huh. they're terrible. Um, and all I wanted, all I wanted in middle school, was to have Sean Hunter as a best friend and. Topanga Lawrence as a girlfriend. That's it. <laughs> well, luckily, you got a real Sean Hunter type with you on this podcast today. I do. AJ, you are a Sean Hunter type. The show uh, is better. <laughs> it's better than so much of everything else that was on like the TGIF yes. Uh, yes. kind of schedule. And I'm going to put it out there. It ages well. Like when they added it all to Disney Plus. Um, yeah. I... <laughs> I, immediately rewatched it. <laughs> oh, immediately. Well, well, I rewatched my highlights. Remember, like the episodes that I fell in love with, like the the three different distinct breakups of Corey and Topanga. It's like a three pillared sort of thing. Oh, all right. Well, let, let me pitch the show that I wrote for you to you. I'm excited. Uh, so imagine uh-huh. uh, if Corey Matthews. Uh, you already got me. Ha- had grown up. And developed absolutely no coping skills and uh, just continued to rely on Mr. Feeney, but also got got worse as a person. (laughs) Everyone else in his life moved on. He stayed where he's at. It's like Boy Meets World meets Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's it's a goddamn it's a it's a it's a goddamn shit show. Hey, Savages were both involved in uh, the show. Whoa, nice connection, Aiden. Yeah. So this it's it's a savage show and it's called Bobbin in Place. You ready for this? <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, all right. Open on a suburban neighborhood, the type you might have found on TGIF, uh, where people's coming of age problems are generally relationship focused, with an occasional special episode about a drug that probably isn't all that bad compared to you know the drinking problem they're definitely going to develop later in life. You know, child stars, that sort of thing. All right, so uh, a wise mentor slash teacher slash neighbor type, Mister Fountain, is imparting his final words of advice to a former student. And so you see, Mister Matheson, history has a way of repeating itself. 
the more good you do now, the more good gets done later. Ah, Mr. Fountain, you're a fountain of knowledge. I don't know if I would have made it through middle school without you. Stay true to yourself, Mr. Matheson. There's no instruction book for life, but if you listen to your heart, I think that you'll find that... Are you guys done? Suddenly, Mr. Fountain and Kevin Matherson turn as an ultra-wide shot reveals Mr. Fountain's other neighbor, Bob Bashir, late 30s, wearing short sandals and some sort of dragon on his shirt. He is eating a big-ass sandwich. Hello? Can you hear me? Mr. Fountain, are you done talking to that kid? Is it my turn? Uh, just, just a moment, Mr. Bashir. Uh, Mr. Matheson here just graduated middle school. <laughs> Is that an event? Because I don't, I don't generally think of that as like a big life event. Bob eats some sandwich. Uh, just a few more minutes, Mr. Bashir. <laughs> cool, 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 Doctor Bashir. But whatever. Um, it's just that he's kind of been hogging you for the past five to six years. I have not. You have too. Bob takes a big old bite of his sandwich. Mm. Uh, Mr. Mr. Bashir, uh, you must be patient. After all, Mr. Matheson's family is moving soon. What? My parents didn't tell me that. It's probably because you don't stop talking about your own problems, you little shit. That means I won't even be going to the same high school as Jessica. Mr. Fountain, what do I do? Well, love is a complicated thing. Uh, Take Romeo, for instance. Romeo was a big old horn dog. Mm. It was actually lust, not love. I did my dissertation about it. I called it Romeo and Dick Wedding. An evaluation and analysis of copulation pursuant language. Let me handle this, Robert. I'm just saying, tell the kid to keep it in his pants, okay? And let's deal with some grown-up shit. Wow. Like, I did a little cocaine this morning with a former student. I was hoping you have, like, a pithy quote that'll turn it into a learning experience. Jesus Christ! Uh, Mr. Matheson, uh, maybe you should go inside. Uh, We'll talk about Jessica next year when you stop by my office. Uh, I mean, yeah, if I ever come back to visit, I guess. Uh, Actually, uh, I'm moving too. I've accepted the principal position at your new school. Oh, what the hell? Bob throws a sandwich to the ground with a splat. Kevin Matheson runs inside in fear of this now irate adult. I'm... I'm sorry, Robert, uh, but you're nearly 40. You don't need me as a mentor or slash next-door neighbor anymore. My life actions as of late would indicate otherwise. Well, I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way, Bob. <sighs> Wait, why'd you start calling me Bob instead of Mr. Bashir over the course of this conversation? Bob bends over to pick the sandwich that he just threw. Does it mean you don't respect me? Bob takes a bite of the ground sandwich and the theme song plays... They say that life's a lesson With friends to help your guessing A rag to wipe your mess in Yeah But sometimes there's no meaning Hey, no post to stop your leaning And the car is just careening So it's best to not go cause it's dangerous to grow you fight against the flow and you're bobbing in place you're bobbing in place not going anywhere oh gee 
Yeah, you know, wholesome. It's a wholesome yeah, show. Very wholesome with a with a wholesome dark message. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, co- cocaine students. All right. Uh, uh, Bob is loading up a moving van with the help of his dimensional and traveling best bud AJ, who is carrying a box full of Doritos with one hand and pulling pieces of bacon out of his utility belt with the other. Uh, and if this bacon could talk, it probably would have been like a decent narrator for the coming of age classic Stand by Me. But that it's that's probably not gonna come up. That's just a that's just to help the art department. All right, so AJ is. He's singing a jaunty moving song. Tra-la-la-la. Moving song. Chomp. All right. Uh, hey, you know, dude, uh, I don't know if there's uh, really any room left for these deliciously bold Doritos chips and all your Magic the Gathering cards. Uh, that's cool. Let's just take out some of the furniture. Oh, all right. AJ and Bob lift a very nice couch and toss it to the curb, then climb back into the truck. I can't believe you're really going. Yeah, well, you know, Mr. Fountain was right. I'm nearly 40. It's time I finally start living next door to him in a new town. I sure wish my life could have that sort of amazing catalyst. AJ picks up an end table and chucks it out of the truck. It shatters on the street. You should come with me. They lift either side of a recliner. I do always keep a few boxes of stuff with me in my car in case someone asks me to leave everything behind. But do you think we can squeeze them in here? They toss the recliner into the street, which also shatters. Hmm. Maybe if we burn the photo albums. Bob pulls out a lighter. What the hell is going on in here? Uh, Mr. Fountain peers around the open back of the moving truck, which now has a decent little fire going on in it. Oh, hey, Mr. Fountain. Uh, We were just making some room for our stuff. My memories! Get out of my truck! Get out of my truck this instance! <laughs> Mr. Fountain climbs in and begins stamping out the fire. Uh, sorry, Mr. Fountain. We just figured you'd want to carpool. Stewards of the earth and all that Jim jam. Yeah, I mean, and you could impart sage wisdom to us on the drive. I mean, for instance, I've been having trouble with breakfast breads. Cut to... AJ alone in his kitchen. He slumps against the counter and he bleeds profusely from his shoulder. On the floor, an English muffin lay split in two with the cleaver sticking out of his top half and butter everywhere. We immediately cut back to the truck as AJ shakes off the flashback. Uh, can you do anything with that? Mr. Fountain finishes putting out the fire. No, I, I can't do anything with that. The trouble with breakfast breads is not a thing, and it's, it's definitely not a thing people have mentors for. Don't worry, AJ. He probably just needs a little time to mull it over. I'll revisit it when I see him at school tomorrow. Uh, Bob hops down from the truck with his box of magic cards. Wait, wait, wait. School? What What are you talking about? Oh, I uh, I got a job at the school you're going to be principal at. AJ also hops down with the Doritos. Oh, man, that's awesome. Can I get a job there? They start to walk away. I don't see why not. Uh, what sort of job do you want? Well, I have an MFA in studio art, so how about uh, probably something in the cafeteria? Done. Nice. Hey, maybe I'll find my own mentor there. Hey, yeah. That's a thing for you to do. Uh, yeah. AJ and Bob continue to walk into the distance as Mr. Fountain stares after them. That's Rush not how... But I'm the principal. <laughs> Cut to interior. Teacher's lounge. The next day. It's your typical television teacher's lounge where faculty are able to take a well-deserved respite and do some leisurely planning instead of quickly shoving a microwave burrito into their faces. It's, uh, this is a real thing that happens. It's not, that's not, it's not a fictional place. All right, two fun-loving teacher types without anxiety disorders are sitting around talking as a third teacher sits silently wearing a latex mask of Golem from Lord of the Rings. 
a potato sits in front of him. You know, I was watching a new show last night that takes place at a school, and man, oh man, did they once again accurately portray our jobs. Indeed. I mean, you know, everyone did attend school at one point, so naturally, they know everything about teaching. You know, sometimes I wonder what it would be like if people paid us a little more lip service, but actually respected us a little bit less. Well, yes, that would be a change of pace, but politicians have two greater handle on what actually goes into education for us to ever slip from that mountaintop. Mm -hmm. Mr. Fountain enters. Good morning, teachers. The golem mask-wearing teacher rips it off and reveals himself to be our hero, Bob Bashir. Good morning, Mr. Fountain. Bet you weren't expecting to see me here. Actually, Bob, you told me you'd be working here, and I was informed the decision was actually my predecessors to make, so, uh, hmm. Mr. Fountain pours a cup of coffee to really drive home his lack of surprise. I love how easily we make new hires at all public schools without having to cut any other positions. We're always adequately staffed, and that's a real thing. (laughs) While I have you here, Mr. Fountain, I've actually been having a little problem. Is it school-related? Not really. You see, all my buddies are having this epic water gun fight, and I feel left out because... All I've got is real guns, which I purchased after a party I hosted was attacked by a random meth head that I invited. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bob. Unless your problem is with a student, I, I don't want to hear about it. Wait a minute, Mr. Fountain. If I'm hearing this correctly, you're saying your administration is solely focused on helping the students at school and you don't want to butt into our personal lives? Yes, that is correct. Well, that's certainly not why I got into teaching. Both teachers stand and remove their elaborate latex (laughs) teacher mask and reveal themselves to be two television writers. They stride out of the room to hollers of woos and applause because the world knows these guys have value. Can we talk about how that just happened? No, Bob. I only want to hear about issues with students. Mr. Fountain exits. Bob is left alone in the lounge. Problem with the student, huh? All right. I'll see what I can do. Bob puts on his golem mask and goes to town on a potato. (laughs) Cut to cafeteria. A flamboyant cafeteria manager, which, uh... I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm saying that's a thing, and his name is Rick. Uh, He's showing H.E. around the kitchen. So, as you can see, this cafeteria is pretty much the school's central hub, and his cafeteria manager, I'm kind of like the operator. Ring-a-ling-a-ling! Wait, what's that? You're trying to give someone's life a purpose? Well, let me pat you on through. Click. It's for you. Rick Mime's handing a phone over to AJ, who readily accepts. Hello, Destiny? Yes, this is AJ. Yes, I am ready to accept hey, my purse. don't spend all your time gabbing. You're on the clock, AJ. Oh, uh, sorry, I-, I thought we were having a moment. AJ Mime's hanging up the phone? There'll be time for that later. But first day of school is very important, okay? For today's meal, I'm doing a little play on traditional morning cuisine that I like to call breakfast for dinner for lunch. So, like, brunch? Brunch requires cocktails, my man. And as I learned at my previous position, high schoolers do not handle a bottomless mimosa bar as well as you might expect. Well, that is some sage advice, sir. Perhaps you're the mentor I've been looking for all along. Indeed. 
My mind is like a Pizza Hut pizone. Sometimes the goodness inside spills out and burns you. Ow! Right now, though, we gotta get to work. You're on biscuit duty. B- biscuits? As, uh, as in the, the, the breakfast bread biscuits? Yep, but hey, don't worry. It's not a thing that any normal human being has problems with, so I'll leave you to it as I attempt to make a pancake version of a jalapeno popper. <laughs> Rick exits. AJ walks over to a tray of already prepared biscuits. Most of them look normal, but one of them kind of looks like he's a tough guy. And if it were to suddenly start talking, you know, who knows if that'll happen, uh, he'd probably be voiced by Jason Statham if we could get him. Hello, AJ. Hello, Biscuit. Call me Bad Biscuit, and I believe you and I have some problems to discuss. <laughs> AJ gulps in fear, and we cut to commercial. Generally, commercials pitch opportunities for you to give away money. And if you want to give me money, I will. I will take it. I will take it in a heartbeat. I mean, what an amazing opportunity for you. However, if you'd like to spend nothing and still make me feel like I'm forever in your debt, there is another option. And it's called doing me a favor. How much time will it take? Just enough that most of you probably won't do it. But also, still probably less time than I'm spending asking you to do it. So you're... You're going to come out ahead either way, uh, you know, because you're in control of your own time. But if you want to give me a little bit of control of that time, then I suggest you go to iTunes and find this podcast. If you love this podcast uh, at a five-star level, give it an honest rating and review. And if you don't love it that much, give it a dishonest rating and review, because that's what that's what favors are. Boom. We return from that justified request for whatever I just asked for. I'll write that later. In Whamabama, we're in a classroom full of English slash literature stuff. There's uh, some Shakespeare quotes, maybe some swords. Actually, you know what? Fuck that. There's definitely two swords. They're sabers, and they hang above a bust of famed Russian playwright Anton Chekhov. <laughs> Bob is staring at a group of well-behaved high school students who in turn are staring back at him and occasionally glancing around the room confused by the awkward silence. All right. Which one of you in here is a troublemaker? No one answers. Come on. At least one of you must have some type of issue that I could bring to the principal. Uh, uh, Bonus points if your problems could be thematically related to that time I was upset about making the B team at swim club. So I waited 28 years, found where the old coach lived, discovered he did not have a pool of his own, and then peed directly into his mailbox instead. Uh, Anyone got an issue like that? One hand slowly raises. The hand is attached to ninth grade bad boy. Chad Masters. Ah, uh, finally, a kid with some life experience. All right, go ahead. Uh, aren't you supposed to be teaching us English instead of regaling us with your personal issues? All the kids in class delight at this challenge of authority. Ooh. Oh, shit, shit. Oh, he just stood up for a teacher. Oh, man. Etc. Hey, what's your name, kid? Chad? Chad Masters. Well, you seem like just the sort of troublemaker I'm looking for. You must consider yourself some kind of ninth grade bad boy, huh, Chad? Actually, I've always fancied myself more of a clown, but not like a class clown. More along the lines of Lancelot Greba and Merchant of Venice. I have a crude philosophy and a rude kind of wit. I'm good-natured, full of fun, and a lover of practical jest. Uh, <laughs> I'm familiar with Lancelot Gubbo, <laughs> and you are no Lancelot Gubbo, sir. 
<laughs> oh, no offense, Dr. Bashir, but even a blind man could see me more clearly. If you really want to make your cases Lancelot Gabo type, I'm going to need some actual quotes instead of just thematic references to his meeting with his blind father. Oh, sorry. I just feel actual Shakespearean farm and mitter come off first in a modern setting. Bob flips it down. <laughs> Whatsoever thou art, thou art but a scurvy fellow. Chad stands and also flips it down. Well, there is vinegar and pepper in it. That is why I challenge there. Bob rips the sword from the wall. Didn't you feel cool by saying that? Chad rips the other sword from the wall. Oh, fuck, I actually did. You might have just made me love language. They swing their swords at each other. Hell yeah, this is how you teach, right here. Oh, god damn it, I'm learning so much. Chad rips back to strike, but nicks some 80s nerd stereotype with his saber somewhere near the cheek. Ow! My buckle region! Cut two. Interior cafeteria. AJ and the Bad Biscuit have left the cafeteria and are now wandering the school hallway without a hall pass, which does seem to come up far more often in television shows than I ever remember coming up with in real life. Please, Mr. Bad Biscuit, let me go back to the cafeteria. The, the kids will need to eat soon. The biscuit flies off the floor toward AJ's chest and pushes him up against the locker. Considering the menu, that's not something I want in it. Uh, I'll make something else, I, I swear. I, I, I just have a, a chance at having a new mentor back there, and I don't want to mess it up. Right. You've got a debt to be paid, son. No one does that to an English muffin and just walks away. Okay, fine. I, I'll plant the drugs in the kid's locker like you asked, but, but after that, I'm done. The bad biscuit lifts AJ up by his shirt. I'll tell you when you're done. Now. Put the drugs in the locker. AJ turns and pulls out a little baggie of white powder. Yeah, it's a good boy, isn't it? Wait, what did this kid do to you anyways? He overworked the dough. He overworked it till its body was broken. And the butter that should have been cold before going into the oven had started to melt. But he didn't stop there. He put the tray so close to the heating element... In an uneven oven, that even though the tops were fine, the bottoms, oh, they're poor bottoms. They had to be, they had to be scraped. They scraped their bottoms with a butter knife. And for what? A cooking merit, bitch! The fat biscuit collapses in a puddle of tears. AJ finishes jamming the baggie in. Uh, cool. Well, um, I'll, I'll go. I'll go call the resource officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get that little fucker expelled. Cut to the waiting room outside the principal's office. Bob, Chad Masters, and stereotypical '80s nerd sit outside the principal's office, waiting for their turn to get in there and learn some life lessons. All right, remember, when we get in there, there's plenty of life lessons for everyone, but I get to go first. Just then, the resource officer enters. He holds a little baggie of what appears to be drugs in one hand, and his other hand grips Kevin Matherson by the collar. That's right, it's the, it's the kid from the first scene! Uh, I never forget, yeah, I never forget about that little fucker. All right, the cop approaches the office assistant. Uh, Mr. Foundinen, I uh, found drugs in this kid's locker. Bob stands up. Oh, no. 
Mr. Fountain's not available for this little shit. This is my time. Uh, uh, sorry, Mr. New English teacher guy, but uh, drugs are normally priority one around here. I will not have my perfectly good stabbing usurped by some very special episode. Wait, wait, what? There was a weapon on campus? See? See how your eyes lit up? Swordplay is so much more interesting than another high schooler experimenting with drugs. They weren't my drugs. I don't even know how they got in there. Sure, Mr. Matherson. I bet you just fell in with the wrong crowd. Or maybe you ran afoul of some breakfast food vaguely structured like organized crime. But the fact of the matter is, Mr. Matherson, quote, that a man, no matter where he starts, picks his own direction, end quote. Damn, Mr. Bashir. That's pithy as hell. Yeah, it is. But I wasn't done. I was going to add some qualifiers about systemic racism and the number of paths it blocks, but I guess that wouldn't really be as quotable. So, you know, let's just forget about it. I'm really more of a mentee, you know? Mr. Fanon walks out of his office. Oh, what is all the... Com- ah, Mr. Matheson, I was wondering when you were going to stop by. I'm here too, Mr. Fountain. Uh, yes, I, I, so it appears, Bob. I've got a problem with the student so we can talk about it bob motions to chad an 80s nerd uh that that boy appears to be bleeding from his face oh man you guys can see me no one had talked about me in so long i was hoping i had finally willed myself invisible i'm an 80s nerd <laughs> i've also taken on a young ward allow me to introduce you to chad mr chad masters Yes, well, uh, we'll, we'll deal with uh, just uh, all of that, I guess, uh, in a minute. Uh, after all, I'm sure Mr. Matheson has been waiting all summer to discuss his young romance complications with the fair Jessica, as I promised in the first scene. Actually, uh, we broke up. Uh, oh, well, I, I'm afraid heartbreak is never easy, Mr. Matheson, but I'm reminded it's of actually a- fine. Um, I got over it like a month ago. Oh, well, per- per- perhaps you think you have, Mr. Matheson, but love has a way of rearing back She up. had three, wait, no, four hookups since her. Uh, so Dr. Bashir might have actually been onto something with the whole horny teen thing. Well, I, how, but I, but, yeah, how, how could you have gotten through this without me? I mean, I have parents and friends. Honestly, our whole relationship was a little bit creepy. What? 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 What are you doing here? Bob gleefully slides in from out of frame. He got caught with drugs. My office? No! Yeah, 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 yeah. Bob smiles gleefully as Kevin marches to his doom. Bob then looks back at Chad and gives him a thumbs up. Bob then looks over to 80s nerd. But there's no one there. The chair appears to move on its own. Everyone still in the room jumps back startled. (laughs) We did it! Cut to Bob's classroom. Bob and AJ are sitting in his classroom sharing a delightful hard seltzer after the students have left for the day. A biscuit sits nearby. So, you didn't even get to talk to Mr. Fountain? Nah, without a bleeding child, he said there wasn't a problem to talk about. Besides, he was pretty focused on the whole expelling Mr. Matherson thing. Right. Because of the drugs. AJ shoots a look of guilt over to the biscuit. 
Yeah, but on the bright side, it should free up his time to further develop his mentor relationship with me. So, uh, Yeah, well, I mean, ho- hopefully nothing gets in the way of that. I'm sure it won't. Oh, hey, biscuit. Yoink. Bob grabs the biscuit and shoves it in his mouth. We push it on AJ's eyes as they go wide mm. with alarm. Bob, no! What? Was I not supposed to eat that? Oh, is it going to cause trouble? <laughs> Bob takes another bite of the biscuit. Because I'm not going to stop eating it. I'm almost done already. Boom! Credits roll with that lingering uncertainty. Oh, man. We never know what's going to happen in life. That's uh... Uh, But one thing is for certain. If I see a biscuit, I will eat it. Man. All right, so that was uh, that was bobbing in place. I, there, but... I it is already greenlit uh, in my yes. mind. In my mind, okay. you've got yourself well, a, you've got yourself a picked up. Uh, here's here's what I was thinking. Um, Go on. So you uh, of my guests so far, you have the highest level of education. You have you know you have your doctorate, mm-hmm. um, and so surely. In all that time in school, you figured out how to sell a television show, right? You know, AJ, it was the one thing I did not look into. But what? I know. Why would you? I know. I just, I wasn't thinking on did that you... level. I was, you... I was doing cocaine with students. So like, what? You... <laughs> Bob, I was going to play that off as all fiction. <laughs> it was. It was all fiction. Okay, good. <laughs> That's not a real story from Bob's life. Totally. Nope. Uh, uh no but you studied shakespeare right i did i did I, for a long time <laughs> it was yeah and that man knew how to sell shit yeah. so is um, that oh well, well i will say that not for nothing but uh the plague really helped him you know like uh, right so he wrote king lear during the plague exactly right? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i wrote this during the plague during a plague so equal i mean look I, I I could hardly tell the difference in terms of quality between the two. Yeah, <laughs> I, and that's and that's a scholar about Shakespeare saying that. So yes, yes. surely, if any television executives are listening to this, they would snatch it up. Right, and so like what I like, I generally try to find something that was successful and just copy it because. Right, just change just enough so it's not plagiarism, but then yeah, like so, like because you know Corey Matthews, he did actually have a problem with uh, making the B B team uh, a basketball B team. I remember, uh, right? And he also had a problem with uh, his friends having a water gun fight and him not <laughs> having a water gun. So like, <laughs> but and only having real guns. <laughs> well, I mean, he had no water, gun. but you know, I extrapolated what a man would do. <laughs> And, and see, I appreciated that. And, you know, then you made it relevant for me because I did swim team and not basketball. Mm-hmm. So, see, um, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about how can this click in all cylinders? It, 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 you're nailing it. You're nailing it. So, uh, my next guest, if he remembers, I should have confirmed with him before I said it on this podcast, is Rankin Willard. Oh, yeah. Uh, a local artist and comedian, very funny guy who you also know. So is there anything you would like me to work into to Rankin's pilot? Uh, yes. He and I, for the past uh, year or two, have been playing a game at improv called uh, the It's Been Game, uh, which okay. is, um, you know, the Bare Naked Lady song one week begins with uh-huh. It's Been. So what we've done is uh, we'll work in 
uh, rhymes of that. So for example, so this Christmas, uh, we were, we were just talking and I asked, I was like, Hey Rankin, real quick question. Um, who's your favorite reindeer? I just need to know. Uh, and he thought I was just like trying to be jokey about asking a silly question like that. Uh-huh. He, and he's like, well, I really like fixing, but you know, and like, you know, he, and I was like, yeah, uh, I do believe mine is blitzing, <laughs> you know? And then he's like, God damn it. So that's, uh-huh. that's, that's our game. Um, so gotcha. if you could, if you could work in one of those, I would really appreciate it. Uh, finally, anything you want to plug before we get out of here? What projects are you working on? During- um, all right. So the other thing I'm working on, um, with you, sir, and ah, Rank- Rankin Williard, yeah. uh, is, um, our, our live sitcom project. Oh, and what, what is that? And that's, I know what it's about. Yeah. So it's, it's a, uh. <laughs> kind of a binge watch sitcom thing that will hopefully we'll have more information coming out about soon. Um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And also uh, writing a sitcom is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. <laughs> it's I so find it's easiest if you just uh, stop caring. Uh, that, 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 that's true for a lot of things, actually. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye everybody. Bye.